Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Do you want to live your life truly led by the Spirit? Where your life is truly led by God. God is inspiring all your actions, all your decisions. You know, here in this week when the Catholic Church is celebrating the Feast of Pentecost, the descent of the Holy Spirit and the Apostles, I think it's a good time for us to ponder those seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. How familiar are you with the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit? You know, many times in, in the Catholic world, we, we hear certain things, we have a certain vague recollection of something Catholic, but we're not sure what it all means. I think that's the case for many of us with the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. We've heard of them. We might not be able to list the seven gifts, and most of us probably aren't aware of the amazing power God wants to unleash in our lives through the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. These gifts are amazing, and it's really at the very heart of our spiritual lives. We need to draw upon these seven gifts more often. That's what we're going to talk about in this week's podcast, The Seven Gifts of the Holy Spirit. So welcome to the All Things Catholic Podcast. I'm your host, Edward Sri, And as always, I want to welcome any new listeners joining us for the first time. Thanks for checking the show out. You know, I've been mentioning in recent episodes a number of these wonderful opportunities for faith formation that are free online in these difficult times where we're not able to go to our parish for faith formation. We may not even be able to get to Mass easily, and uh, it's a wonderful thing. The number of organizations have been putting on these free virtual conferences, and I want to tell you about one more, and this one's unique. So I'm going to speak here specifically to you married folks out there. If you're married, you, you need to participate in what's coming up here. Uh, maybe you've been you know cooped up for the last several weeks at home and you need some marriage enrichment now. <laughs> maybe you've been going through some difficult times in your marriage and you need a little shot in the arm. you know check out this conference. Maybe you just want to be inspired you know about the church's teachings on marriage and how to live it. Check out the Catholic Marriage Summit coming up here June 11th through 13th. I'm going to put a link in the show notes for this. It's a free online event. Uh, where you're going to hear from people like Scott and Kimberly Hahn. Uh, you're going to hear from uh, Michael Ann and Curtis Martin. Uh, you'll hear from Damon and Melanie Owens and many other couples. That's what's unique about this conference. It's not just famous Catholic presenters. It's those presenters and their spouses. <laughs> so uh, that'll be a unique thing. Uh, and it's all for free. And you can listen to the talks from your own home, at your own leisure, at your own pace. You could just pick all, I've never heard Scott and Kimberly. I've always wanted to hear from them. So just listen to that one talk and it's all for free. So you can go to get to the link in the show notes or on my Instagram page. I'll have the link in the bio uh, for you to register. And again, it's all for free. But I want to tell you, ask for prayers. Can you can I ask your, your prayers? Because Beth and I are going to give a presentation and that we're, we're going to be recording that soon. So I'd appreciate your prayers for this. Uh, we're going to be talking not about the theology of marriage. We're going to talk about what we like to call the realities of marriage, the real challenges, the real struggles, uh, the real joys that come, the unexpected joys and the unexpected crosses in marriage. Uh, so we're going to open up really from our own hearts and our own experiences about times when the Lord really, thanks be to God, his grace worked through difficult moments. And even when there's darkness in marriage, just like in your prayer life, you know, there's times of darkness or times when you don't feel close to God, that, that happens in marriage. And, uh, and yet those aren't times to press the panic button. Those are times when actually God may be drawing the couple closer together than ever before in strengthening their love and drawing them closer to himself. 
Uh, so we're going to talk about those real challenges, uh, the real joys, the, the real funny moments and the struggles, uh, the realities of marriage. So again, check it out. Catholic Marriage Summit coming up June 11th through 13th, online virtual conference, all for free. Uh, you can register by going to my show notes here, uh, or you can go to my Instagram page and check the link in the bio there. Now, let's turn to the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, where do these gifts come from? Where do we hear about them in the Bible? The prophet Isaiah foretold about these seven gifts of the Spirit. He foretold the coming of the Messiah. And this is what he said about the Messiah. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, a spirit of wisdom and of understanding, a spirit of counsel and of strength, a spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be the fear of the Lord. That's Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Now, that's a prophecy about the Messiah, the coming of Christ. But the church has always seen in this prophecy of those, those gifts that are on the Messiah, uh, those gifts are going to be extended to all of us by virtue of our baptism and our confirmation. Uh, in baptism, we put on Jesus Christ. And, and so those gifts are extended to all of us. But what are these gifts actually? I don't want you to think of these gifts as like superhero powers, <laughs> you know, where you can just whip them out and use them at your will, you know, kind of like Thor and his hammer or the flash and his speed, you know, we can just use these things. It's not quite like that. Like you just call upon them in a time of emergency. These are supernatural gifts. And what does that mean? Supernatural. They, they come from God and, and they orient us back toward God. Uh, they remain present with us as long as we're in the state of grace. But, but the gifts here, again, they're not superhero powers to just whip out and use. I'm going to use piety. I'm going to use fear of the Lord now. I'm going to use fortitude now. No, no. They're dispositions. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are dispositions. That's what the seven gifts are. They're dispositions that make us attentive to God's promptings in our lives. They make us docile to the Holy Spirit's movements in our soul and his, his nudging us, his prompting us. So, these seven gifts of the Holy Spirit that reside within us help us to notice the way God may be moving us when God is knocking on the door of our heart and, and inspiring us to, to love more, to give more, surrender more, serve more, whatever it is. It helps us to live according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. Using an analogy from St. Paul or a teaching from St. Paul, you know, we want to live a life truly led by God's Spirit where we're living our life not for our own purposes, but really to follow God's purposes, to follow God's plans. And his plans are always much bigger and better than our own. Uh, and so it's, it, I, want, I want to allow God to, to live through me. I want him to live his plan through me. That's what I want. I want to live a life according to the Spirit. And I need the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit to help me be receptive to the Spirit's action in my life. I don't want to live according to the flesh. You know, I live according to the flesh. That's when I just live according to my whims. What do I want to do right now? I just act according to my emotional reactions or my desires, my own interests, my own comfort, my own pleasure. I don't want to live just for me. And that's how most people live. Even many Christians, they may go to church on Sunday and worship, but they, they're not really living a life according to the spirit. They're living more for themselves and what they want to do in the moment instead of allowing their lives to be used for God's purposes. Do you want God to use you for his purposes? Do you want him to use you for his purposes for your children, for your spouse? Do you, do you want to live your life so that you can be a blessing to those people in your life, your roommate, your friend, your coworker, 
the people in this world, the people in your parish, then, then we want to, to really cultivate the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, these aren't anything dramatically extraordinary. You know, it's not about hearing voices or visions. And I want to be clear when we're talking about the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, we're not talking about those other extraordinary gifts of the Spirit, like prophecy and speaking in tongues. And those are amazing and can enrich community life as well. Uh, we're, we're, we're talking just about the simple things that happen in the life of every ordinary Christian. What God wants to do in any ordinary Christian is to, to guide them, to prompt them, to live according to his plan. So, you know, do you ever have those moments? It's really simple, like where you just sense, oh, I, I'm going to go check in on that friend. I just haven't, I haven't talked to this friend in a while. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a call. You know, or maybe you kind of get the sense, I, oh, I think I, I should probably be sorry and to, to tell this person sorry. I, I did something wrong. I, I dropped the ball here, or I didn't treat them well, or I was a little short. And, and you know, I'm just going to go tell them sorry. Like, like those things, where does that come from? You know, it, it comes from the Holy Spirit. And the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit make you more docile to the Spirit's prompting in your life to repent of sin, to go say sorry. Or maybe you get that sense, I should just say a prayer right now, or I'm gonna, I should go stop by the chapel, or I should go to confession. That's not just your brilliant spiritual insight. <laughs> you know, that's coming from the Holy Spirit. And the gifts of the Spirit, again, make you more receptive, more docile, attentive to the those promptings of the Spirit in your life. Maybe you're in a certain situation and there's something that normally would get you really angry and frustrated. And, and you just, you kind of get that sense, no, this isn't worth getting angry about. Hold back. <laughs> you know, that, that that's not you. That's the Holy Spirit working through you. Uh, this is what we want to do in our life. You know, our Christian life isn't just about showing up at mass and believing all the right things. It's allowing Christ's spirit to transform our hearts moment by moment, day by day. Uh, and, and I need the gifts of the Holy Spirit to help me. Listen to what uh, one of my favorite uh, Catholic moral theologians of the last century, uh, Survey Pinkers, he's written a, a number of works about the life of the spirit in, uh, in our moral life. And he says this about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And just, again, it's nothing really dramatic. It's very subtle, the work of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He says, the involvement of the Holy Spirit in our growth in virtue shows us that the Spirit acts in us through the normal paths of daily effort, rather than through extraordinary revelations, sudden motions, and exceptional charisms. He moves us like sap, <laughs> like sap in a tree, whose movement we neither see nor sense. So discreet is he before the activities and projects that engross us. So kind of like the sap in the tree, you don't really notice it. It's barely, you know, barely moving, but it is moving. And it's the lifeblood of the tree. You know, it's, it's what, what makes it all work. And that's what happens in our spiritual life. You know, these gifts of the Holy Spirit, they're present in us. They abide in us by virtue of our baptism and confirmation. As long as we're in the state of grace, we don't fall into serious sin and fall out of the state of grace. As long as we're in the state of grace, the, the, the gifts of the Spirit are there like sap in the tree. We don't even notice it in the midst of our daily occupations. It's just there, so discreet, kind of guiding us. Listen to what, what Pinkers goes on to say. Yet this gradual push, along with our confident fidelity, prepares the way for the flowering of spring and the growth of autumn. So that's what he's saying about what goes on with the sap and the tree. And the spirit does the same thing, he says. The spirit, therefore, can produce in us works that are sometimes quite surprising, unfolding within us 
as deep inspirations, the gifts can move us beyond the simple measure of reason, reason in the use of goods and in acts of generosity, courage, and detachment. And he goes on and tells examples of people like St. Francis of Assisi, Mother Teresa, St. Vincent de Paul, like these lives totally yielding to the prompting of the spirit into life to do radical things, to be completely detached from the comforts and goods of this world, to give their lives heroically, generously in service of God and others. Isn't this what we want for our lives? Do you want your life more transformed by the spirit? Do you want to become a saint? Then we need to cultivate the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives, draw upon them. How do we do that? St. Ambrose says, guard what you've received. That's what he says in reference to the seven gifts of the Spirit. You've received these seven gifts. Guard them. How do we guard them? Well, first of all, make sure you stay in the state of grace. (laughs) Don't fall into mortal sin. Don't watch things you shouldn't be watching. (laughs) Don't do things you shouldn't be doing. Stay in the state of grace. That's a minimum thing because then they're there. But then I think you want to cultivate those gifts in your life so that you can hear the promptings of the spirit more. Uh, learning, I'd say learning about the gifts of the spirit as we're going to do here today. I'm going to talk about them briefly. Um, and then calling upon the Holy Spirit is another thing. Just say, Holy Spirit, inspire me in all my actions, all my thoughts, all my desires, all my words, guide me in all my decisions. It's a wonderful thing every day. Just ask the Holy Spirit, guide me in all I do. Guide me in all my actions. Guide me in all my thoughts so that Christ's thoughts may become my thoughts, that Christ's love may become my love. I want the Spirit to take over my life and the gifts of the Holy Spirit help us to do that. So briefly, I'm going to just touch on the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. What are they? First, fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord. This is um, what helps us to avoid sin, but I don't want you to think of this as servile fear, what the church calls servile fear. That's a fear of like a servant before a, a, a harsh master. And you're afraid, I better do it what the master wants or I'm going to get punished. No, 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 no. That's not what fear of the Lord is when we talk about the seven gifts, the first of the seven gifts of the spirit. We're talking about reverential fear. We have reverence for who God is. You know, if you've got something valuable in your home, you know, like in my house, we got a gift from a friend who had gone to Thailand and they had a, a Thai Madonna, you know, a Thai Mary statue. And I think some of you know, I'm, I'm half Italian and I'm half Thai. And so this is a, like a, a wonderful gift. You know, we got a little Asian Mary, Asian Madonna statue in our house uh, from Thailand, but it's very, it was very fragile, very delicate. And so like I had it out in the living room for a while and my kids are always playing with even like Nerf balls or dark gun, Nerf dark guns and things. I was just worried this thing's going to get destroyed. So uh, I, had, I had to move it into a corner, a safer spot, eventually moved into a different room. You know, that that's reverence. In other words, I, I, I value this. I, I realize how, how valuable this is and, and I, I, I want to care for it. Is God really valuable in your life? Do you do all you can to care for your relationship with him? Like you don't want, you don't want to do anything that may hinder, break your relationship with him. That's the fear of the Lord. Like in other words, I love God so much. I value God. I, I, I don't, I don't want to do anything to, to damage this, this gift of my friendship with him. That's what motivates me to not want to sin. It's not about, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to spend many more decades in purgatory. <laughs> you know, no, no. It's not fear of punishment. It's out of love. Because I, I, I value God, I value my friendship with him. Uh, piety is, the, is another gift of the Holy Spirit. What's piety? It flows from, from, from fear of the Lord. This is the honor and worship that we show to God. When we show God reverence, 
It's one thing that I actually reverence him. Now and I, I'm going to show that reverence. So, you know, how do I do that? I do that through worship. You know, here's an interesting thing. I know, did did I did I grow in piety of the Lord during the COVID-19 situation? Well, I wasn't able to get to mass. Oh, I, I wasn't able to get to mass. Shucks. You know, and the church gave a dispensation, so I guess I don't have to go to mass. Well, no. Well, okay, that's fine. You may not have been able to get to mass, but did you worship God that day? Did you make it a priority to worship God on the Lord's day? Because just because you didn't go to mass, the first and third commandments still apply, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, we still have to worship God and God alone, and we have to keep holy the Sabbath, even if we can't get to mass. Did I take time to to worship God? That's piety. That I make time in my own life to pray with him that day, maybe watch a mass on TV or do the liturgy of the hours or something that day to worship him. And when I do worship God, and when I do take time for prayer, am I am I reverent? Do I express piety? In other words, you know, when I when I show up for prayer, do I just kind of like sit in a you know slouch and I, I don't realize I'm in the holy presence of God when I call on His name in prayer? When I make the sign of the cross. You know, do I, do I just rush the sign of the cross, do a sloppy sign of the cross, or do I actually kind of, no, I'm calling on God's name. You know, in the, in the biblical world, when you call on the name of the Lord, you are invoking his presence. And so we don't just make a quick, oh, even if I was, no, 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 we, we want, we want to say those words with love. This is piety. Uh, when I genuflect and I come into a church, is it just kind of a quick rushed thing or am I careless with it? Or do I, do I do it with reverence? Have you ever had that experience? You're talking to someone and they're not really paying attention to you. They keep looking down at their phone and they're they're looking out the window and you can tell they're fidgety. They just don't want to be there. And how does that make you feel? You know, what, do we want to treat God that way? When we're with the Lord, we, we want to honor him and show piety and give the best of our, our heart and our attention to him. You know, imagine if you have an honored guest coming to your home. Like let's say Pope Francis shows up for dinner. Are you going to casually just go, oh, hey, Pope, hey, hey, welcome, hey, yeah, have a seat, you know. Uh, oh, you want a beer? Go get a beer in the fridge. No, you're not going to treat the Pope like that. You're, you're going to treat him with extra reverence, right? You're not going to treat him casually. And, and the same thing in a relationship with God, that we don't treat him casually. We show reverence in our prayer and our devotion, our effort to try to be attentive. You know, those things are, 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 are a way of cultivating that, that docility in our hearts to be more responsive to his promptings. If I have fear of the Lord and I'm growing, I'm growing in piety, then I'm going to be more receptive to noticing God moving in my life. Uh, and more, I'll have the, the, the great disposition to receive those promptings and respond to them. Fortitude is a third gift of the Holy Spirit. This is supernatural courage. This is the spiritual strength to persevere through difficulties and trials and sufferings. You know, there's always going to be suffering and disappointment in this world. We just, we just need to get that right right now. We're in a fallen world. It is never going to be paradise. It's never going to be perfect. You can finally get all your problems solved for one day. And then two hours later, another problem is going to come up. <laughs> There's always going to be problems and disappointments and sorrows. The question is, how do we respond to them? And, and we need courage to, to, to persevere through difficulties. But sometimes our own natural courage isn't enough. I need God's grace. I need his spirit to help me. And that's this is the spiritual gift of fortitude that, that helps me when I face those crosses. I don't fall into discouragement or despair where I'm tempted to give up or I don't fall into uh, unjust anger and frustration. No, but I, 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 I can persevere through what is difficult to do the right thing still. Uh, counsel. Counsel is another gift of the Holy Spirit. This is the gift that makes us receptive to God's guidance in our choices, in our actions, especially our moral actions. 
You know, when we want to call upon the gift of counsel, when I'm making a moral decision, should I do this or should I not do this? Is it okay to do this? You know, like if you're kind of wondering, you know, there's a show on Netflix. I don't know if I, should I watch this? Well, maybe everyone else watches it. It's not that big of a deal, but I don't know. There's, I wonder if I shouldn't, there's a couple scenes in it that probably aren't that good. And there's this overall tone that's not maybe the best for my soul. And I don't know what to do. Ask the Holy Spirit for the gift of counsel. Because the, the, the gift of counsel helps us to see what's good to, and, to, and to desire it. And I make decisions based on the end. I keep the end in mind. What's the goal? Like, What kind of person do I want to become? And is this decision going to help me become that kind of a person? I want to be a person that is pure and chaste. So if I watch that show on Netflix, is it going to help me be more pure? Is it going to assist me in my desire for chastity? Or if I watch that show, is it actually going to make it really more complicated for me to live a chaste life in my thoughts, in my desires, in my actions? Do I want to put those images and those ideas in my head? Is, is it going to help me become the kind of person I want to be? Or is it going to lead me away from that? Is it going to bring me closer to Jesus or farther away? That's the decision we have to make. And the gift of counsel from the Holy Spirit helps us to do that. In closing, the, there's three three more gifts. And I've often wondered about these, you know, that... They, they all sound the same. Knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Sounds like just the three same gifts. They're all about something with the mind. <laughs> What's the difference between knowledge, understanding, and wisdom? I'm going to tell you what, you know, in the Catholic tradition, what we mean by this. Knowledge isn't just like, you know, encyclopedia knowledge, Google knowledge. I know certain trivial facts. <laughs> no, no, no. Knowledge the, uh, in terms of the gift of the Holy Spirit is a, a, a sense of the faith. In other words, uh, I'm given in seed form the gift of knowledge uh, at, at my baptism and confirmation, it's strengthened. And then that's cultivated in, as I grow in faith and my upbringing and faith formation, that it gives me a sense of the faith so that it's easy for me to sense when something's off. Like I sense, oh, I don't think I should do that. Or I kind of sense that doesn't sound right. So for example, you know, let's say, you know, you bump into a priest who, you know, you're talking about the COVID situation and they say to you, well, you know, yeah, I know you can't receive communion right now, but you know, in, in the end, you only need to receive once a year. That's all the church requires is just once a year, sometime during the Easter season. Now, what that priest says is true, but someone that's, you know, living in the spirit and, you know, and, and, and has the gift of knowledge is going to kind of sense that there's something off that just doesn't sound right. I mean, it's true. It is true. The church minimally requires every Catholic to receive at least once a year at Easter. That's the very minimum. But the church also teaches how beautiful it is to receive the Eucharist regularly, how important it is for our spiritual life and encourages us to receive frequently, not just on Sunday, but, you know, many saints encouraging us to receive even daily. It is wonderful. And so, you know, uh, someone with the gift of knowledge has the sense, yeah, going just once a year and while that's oh, the minimum, that, that there's something missing there. You know, or imagine, you know, you, you meet a young couple that, is, you know, all excited about NFP and they're telling their friends about NFP and they're saying, Hey, yeah, it's awesome. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like Catholic contraception. I mean, but it's legal because we're not using contraceptives and, and, you know, we can just limit ourselves to one or two kids. It's amazing. And use NFP and I've only have two kids. And I decide how many kids I have. And then, you know, someone with the gift of knowledge has a sense. Yeah. Something's off there. No, 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 no. The church wants us to, to be open to life and to see the blessing of children and in, you know, difficult situations and, you know, there's serious need to use NFP. It's great. We've got that, you know, but, but, but to see the, 
that we should be open to life and see the blessing of children. That's not a, that was missing in that person's explanation of NFP. And so like the person with knowledge has a sense that something's off. Uh, the gift of understanding is is different. The gift of understanding is when we go deeper in our grasp of a mystery of the faith, a deeper penetration in the mystery. It's kind of like, you know, do you remember the first time, or maybe maybe you don't remember the exact time, but you had a, maybe a, a certain season in life where you started wanting to receive the Eucharist more. You had a season in your life where you wanted just to stop by the chapel and be close to him in the tabernacle or do at Eucharistic adoration. You know, you may have heard the idea that, yeah, the Eucharist is important for us as Catholics. Jesus is present in the Eucharist. But wow, all of a sudden, I get the real presence in a deeper way. I see this is really Jesus's body, blood, soul, and divinity. I understand what that means for my life. I want to receive him. I want to be near him. That's the gift of understanding. It's not just knowing the fact in a general sense on the superficial level. It's getting into the deeper understanding of the mystery and its implication for our lives. And finally, wisdom is judging and ordering all things in life according to God's revelation. So it's kind of like the the, the big picture, putting it all together. So uh, there's a quick tour of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. I hope that's been helpful for you. And again, I want to remind you, if you want to uh, f- register for free for that online Catholic Marriage Summit coming up here June 11th through 13th. Check out the the link that is in the show notes or go to my Instagram page and click on the link in the bio and you could do that. Please pray for Beth and I as we put together our talk on the realities of marriage for that conference uh, coming up here. And also the show notes. If you're new and or you've been listening and you haven't gotten the show notes yet, check those out. You can get those show notes for free. Just go to ascensionpress.com slash all things Catholic. That's ascensionpress.com slash all things Catholic. So thankful for my friends at Ascension to produce this show and get it out to so many listeners. Please pray for them and their wonderful apostle and getting good faith formation out there to the world. And if you have any questions about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, any questions about marriage, any questions about the Catholic faith, you can always reach out to me at info.edwardsree at gmail.com, info.edwardsree at gmail.com, or you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. God bless. God bless.